and away they go. I so appreciate all the adults who take very seriously the teaching and care of our children, whether those are the smallest ones in the preschool or kids like these who are in powerhouse on each Sunday or or even those who are our teenagers who are here on Wednesday nights. We have everything going on Wednesday nights. There's so many people who are investing so much time and effort and love into not only communicating the truth of God, but in showing the reality of God in their own lives. You know, if, if we're not showing the reality of God, that God is real, then what's going to happen is our kids are going to grow up and they're going to wonder, they're going to wonder, was this all true? I never saw any change. I never saw any transformation. I, I never saw anything taking place in the lives of the adults that I know. So why should I expect all this stuff that they told me is true? And so we want to begin today and, and we want to talk a little bit about transformation. But before that, I need to get you to kind of imagine with me. How ma- Let me ask you this first of all. How many of you are fans of Hallmark Christmas movies? Raise your hand. Some of you are willing to confess. Some of the guys are even willing to confess that. You're brave, brave souls. Okay. Real romantic, kind of sappy almost stuff, and storylines very similar. So if for those who are, who are into the Hallmark movies, you, you will definitely get into this because I want to I imagine a scenario, and I want you to imagine along with me. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Just paint the picture in your mind as I kind of walk through this scenario. A woman and a man have been dating for many, many months, and as things go along, they begin to talk about marriage. You know, some of you have been there, done that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've dated for a while. You found compatibility. You found some joy in one another's company. And you begin to talk about marriage. And that's where they were. And so the guy decides now's the time. And he plans this wonderful dinner. On the anniversary of their first date, he actually remembered that. And so he takes her out to this very nice restaurant. They have a wonderful meal, wonderful, wonderful time, just, just enjoying one another's company and celebrating having been together for a year. And then as they leave, he takes her hand and they begin to walk down the street to a park that's pretty close by. As a matter of fact, the park was a place where they'd had their first date. And as they walk out under the almost full moon, he stops along the way and he gets down on one knee he reaches into his jacket pocket and he pulls out a a small box and he opens it up to reveal a beautiful sparkling diamond ring and he looks up and he says will you marry me and the woman looks down at him she bites her lower lip she's trying to fight back tears of joy and her face breaks out of this great smile She says, oh, yes. Yes, I'll marry you. And he stands up and he embraces her and he pulls her close and he whispers in her ear, I just want to make sure I get this straight. What is the least I have to do for you to stay married to me? (laughs) Didn't see that one on Hallmark, did you? Okay, any of us who've been in a marriage relationship or even thought about a marriage relationship, we we listen to that and we go, what is wrong with this guy? 
Doesn't he understand that for a marriage relationship to work, to thrive, to grow, to be something beautiful, that you can't just give the, the bare minimum. You can't just want to know, okay, what's the least I have to do in order for you to stay married to me? It doesn't make sense. I mean, I, when I talk to, I talk to parents, uh, not parents, well, sometimes they're parents, but I talk to, to people in pre-marriage counseling, and I ask them, I say, listen, do you consider marriage to be a 50-50 proposition? And a lot of the times they answer, yeah, yeah, I'll put in 50, they put in 50, it equals 100. And then I go, no, that's wrong. If that's what you want to do with a marriage, you're constantly going to be disappointing your partner and be disappointed in your partner. Marriage is 100-100. Okay? Every, you have to put in 100%. You have to give all you've got. And so this concept, we understand this, this concept of doing the bare minimum to stay married, that doesn't make sense. And yet, that is sometimes the very approach we take to following Jesus. What's the bare minimum I have to do? What's the least I have to do? I literally had a, a guy who wanted to join our church, and he said, listen, I'd like, to, I'd like to join your church, but don't ask me to do anything. And my response to him was, you don't understand what it means to be a member of a church. And for people who would come to Jesus and say, listen, I, I want to get into heaven, but what's, what's the least I have to do? They don't understand salvation. They don't understand what it means to follow Jesus. And this morning, we want to keep that in mind as we move through our time together. Would you join your hearts with me in prayer? Lord God, we thank you so much that you loved us. In spite of ourselves, we didn't earn the love, we didn't deserve the love, and yet, Lord, you gave it to us freely and fully. And the greatest expression of that is the sending of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came not just to live among us, and not just to give us a set of rules or regulations, but who came instead to lay down his life. To give his life on Calvary's cross, to pay the ultimate price, to shed his blood for our sin. So that those who trust in him might have life forever. Lord, you have thrown open the gates of heaven to us. And we come by faith. And so, Lord, as we consider how great a salvation we have, Lord, would you begin to show us what it truly means to follow Jesus, no matter what stage of life we're in, whether we're single, whether we're students, whether we're married with no kids, whether we've got kids, whether we've got grandkids, whatever stage of life, whatever, whatever place we're in, Lord, would you show us what it means for us to follow Jesus today, right where we are? And Lord, our commitment to you is... We won't look to you and ask, what's the least I have to do? But we will have a heart that is willing to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus wherever he leads. For we pray it in his name. Amen.
Today we begin 60 days of intentionality. It's hard to have to sneak onto a, a rocket launch and paint 60 days of intentionality on a rocket. But we did it for you. Today is our launch day. Our launch day for 60 days of intentionality. And some of you will remember last year we did 120 days of intentionality. And it was 120 days, but we, didn't, we weren't that intentional. It was kind of our beta test, and we flunked. And so what, what, as we got together and said, hey, what are, what are we looking at? We said, you know what, we need to compress that time frame down. Because 120 days is kind of hard to stay focused on that because it has to be done both in your homes, but it also has to be done by your church leaders. And, and we, we didn't do that great at it, and so maybe you didn't do that great at it. Maybe you did. But we decided we need to compress this down. And so we're going to look at a, a 60-day period of time where we want to ask you to be intentional about your discipleship, about following Jesus yourself, and also, if you have a family, that you would be intentional about leading your family, kids, grandkids, husband, wife, leading your family to follow Jesus more closely. And so here's what we did. We have a 60-day plan for you. Now, I'm going to ask that you pull it out, but that you don't open it. It's under the seat in front of you. Now, be careful. There's a bookmark in there. We don't want it to slide out. If it does, just grab that later. Now, get it, and I'm going to ask you the hardest thing you've done all day. Don't open it. Don't open it, because let me tell you a little bit about it before, and then we're all going to open it together. This is going to be a customized 60-day plan for you, and you're going to customize it. In other words, it needs to fit your life. It's not us saying, well, this is what you need to do or that's what you need to do. This is something that you are going to say, this is for me and for my family. This is what we're going to do over the next 60 days in order to follow Jesus more closely as an individual or as a family. Jesus, when he showed up, he did not show up with a rule book. He invited people to follow him. Think about it. Think about those in the Bible as you go through the New Testament, as you read through the Gospels, the invitation of Jesus, come and follow me. Now, following Jesus meant a radical, a radical life change for them. Following Jesus meant a, a complete reorientation of their lives. As a Boy Scout, I had to find my way through the woods using a compass. Some of you have had to do that. And a compass, if you know how to use it, you can get your direction and, and try to get to at least somewhere close to the point that you were supposed to arrive. And the, the way a compass works, and now, of course, we've got it on our cell phones, but the way a compass works is that it is, it's magnetized to, to magnetic north. And so if you can figure out where you are in relation to north, the compass will show you the direction that you are going. Now, in our lives, most of us have our own magnetic north. Here's what I mean by that. We, from very early on, establish our own kingdom. Our kids do this. When they start saying no, and mine, and I'll do it, they're establishing their kingdom. And we really don't grow out of that. 
We spend the rest of our lives in some way, shape, form, or fashion saying, no, mine, and I'll do it. And so we, we bump into each other with our kingdoms, and things don't seem to work because my kingdom and your kingdom are sometimes in conflict as to where we're going. When Jesus came and said, follow me, he said, I'm inviting you, in, you into another kingdom with another king. I'm inviting you to reorient your lives in my direction so that together we can follow Christ, not just as individuals, but as, as families and as a church. The New Testament teaches, of course, that salvation is free. We don't earn God's salvation. It's very plainly. We're saved by grace through faith, and this is not something you do yourself. It is the gift of God, and it's not by work so that nobody can stand before God and boast I did this. You should let me in. I did this. Instead, salvation is free. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. He's done everything necessary for our salvation. That's all true. But does it make sense that we would come to this Jesus who laid down his life for us who took our sin upon himself so that we could have his righteousness, does it make sense that we would come to this Jesus and whisper in his ear, what's the bare minimum I have to do to be your disciple? When you think about it like that, it makes no sense at all. That I would simply want to give to Jesus the bare minimum. Jesus said this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Does that sound like bare minimum discipleship to you? We need a complete understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus is not asking us, hey, just check this box. Jesus asked us to do more than just come before church and get dunked under water. Jesus asked us to do more than just having our name on a local church roll somewhere. Jesus says, listen, if you want to understand what it means to follow me, let me make it clear. It means self-denial. It means cross-bearing on a daily basis. It means going where I am leading, following me in life, not setting up your own kingdom. What Jesus calls us to is a major life reorientation. A change in our priorities, a change in our direction. In other words, Jesus becomes the major driver in our lives. Many of you have read the book, um, In His Steps, and many of you have worn the little WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? That was a reminder. To reorient my life. And some of you may still be wearing those bracelets as that reminder. But here's the deal. Everything fits within the circle of Jesus' lordship of our lives. On your handout, we, we gave you a circle. Some of you have already drawn in your circle, haven't you? What is this circle for? This is, this is one of those visuals for you. 
to recognize that everything that God wants in your life for you should fit squarely in that circle. Squarely in that circle. Can I say that? Can fit in that circle. And this is your homework. I want you to take some time this week to sit down and look at your life and honestly, before God, determine what's in the circle. What what am I leaving out of the circle? What's still in my kingdom? What are those things that are right on the line? Some days they're in, some days they're out. Some days Jesus has the wheel. And sometime I kick him to the curb. And then part of what we're going to do with the 60 days of intentionality is you look at the things that are outside this circle of Jesus influence in your life is how then can I move those pieces inside this circle? How can Jesus truly become Lord over every aspect of my life? That means when I'm at home, Jesus is Lord. When I'm at work, Jesus is Lord. When I'm at school, Jesus is Lord. When I'm at play, Jesus is Lord. When I'm on vacation, Jesus is Lord. How can Jesus be Lord for every aspect of my life? And in what areas have I pushed him to the outer rim? Have I just shoved those things out of the circle and said, Jesus, this is mine. You can't have this. There are things that are outside that circle. Then part of what we're doing during this 60 days of intentionality is looking at those things and saying, how can those things move under the lordship of Jesus Christ? Okay, now get your survey, open it up. I want you to, there are two parts to this. One is the, one is the bookmark. Sit that beside you or just, I want you to focus on the, this part right here, the bifold part. Okay, this has in it sections marriage family life single adults it covers marriage those with children those with grandchildren those who are single it's got it all in here here's what we want you to do and we're going to do this in a few minutes together so don't do it now and that is find the section that most reflects where you are in life your life stage Once you found that section, and it may be that you would have two sections, you may do marriage and you may do children, for instance, or marriage and and grandchildren. If you did marriage and single, it'd probably be kind of weird, so don't do that one. You're going to look on here and you're going to ask yourself some questions. Um, You've got these check boxes. You can go, okay, I did this, you know, these are part of my life. And then you've got a one to five scale. So let's just look here at uh, my children my grandchildren on the right hand side and the question is or the the statement is I'm confident that my children and grandchildren will have a strong Christian faith in adulthood and then you're to gauge that one to five I'm either not confident number one or or I'm highly confident number five now here's why we're asking you to do this in 60 days we're going to ask you to do another one They'll have these exact same questions on. So what we need from you today, and we're going to give you time to do this, is for you to take the survey. Don't do it right this second. We'll give you time to take the survey. Do not sign it. We do not need your signature on here at all. And at the end of the service, on either side of the doors, there are two um, boxes with a slot at the top. 
I just want you to drop these in. And we'll be doing this for the next two or three weeks because we understand everybody can't be here every Sunday. We'll be doing this over the next two or three weeks. And we're going to take all the information that you give us and we're going to compile that. And then when we go back in 60 days, we're going to do the same survey. We want your honest results on that. And we want to take a look and we want to see, has there been any change over the course of those 60 days in your life? And so we're going to need to be intentional about that. So that's what this is about. So this part you will give back to us at the end of the service by dropping it in the box on either side. Now, if you go, hey, listen, I didn't have time to finish it. Can I bring it back? And the answer is yes. You can bring it back and drop it in the box. But we want to have this wrapped up in about three weeks. Now, the other part is the bookmark. The bookmark has a couple of things on it. On one side where it says family seasons. Uh, you, you can check these. And listen, these correspond to materials we have available at Grace at Home Resource Center. So if you check off, okay, this is, this is where I am in my life stage, you can actually just take this to the Grace at Home Center and go, I'd like to see something on this. And our host or hostess will be there to help you to pull that literature. And that's something for you to be able to take with you. Now on this side... This is the key to the whole thing. This is your 60-day plan. This is for you. This is what you will take home with you. So let's just take a look at just the, the, the first one here. Let me give you an example. All right, the first one says married. And it says to strengthen our relationship, I will. And then it gives you a couple of suggestions, but then it gives you some blanks. And the blanks are because you know your marriage better than we know your marriage. And it may be that there's something else that belongs here. But so, so, for instance, for, for Nancy and for me, we may look at this and go, you know what? Um, we, we need to pray together at least twice weekly. We think that's a great thing for us to pray together at least twice. It's something we're not doing now that we want to do. So we might check that one. But then we might also put down here that uh, we want to begin a, a, a couple's devotional together or maybe maybe want to go we want to we want to be in a, a marriage retreat this year and we check that okay now this is the intentional part because this you need in front of you every single day i've discovered this spiritual growth rarely happens by accident if we want to grow spiritually there has to be an intention about it and so this is your part. The other part comes back to us unsigned. This you take home with you, okay? And you may want to take it home and talk about it with your spouse, talk about it with your family before you check the boxes. That's fine. But this is yours, okay? This is for you. I've still got mine from the 120 days. It's still a reminder for me to pray with my wife. This comes back to us. All right, so we're going to take just a few minutes and give you an opportunity to fill this out. So you go ahead and take the opportunity to complete the survey portion that suit that fits where you are in your life, place in life right now. The reason we're doing this is because we think <laughs> we think we have to be intentional about following Jesus. We have to be intentional about it. Because what happens is we get caught up in the flow of life. And that flow of life just kind of carries us along. And if we're not intentional, we'll end up someplace we never thought we'd be. And our kids and our grandkids will end up someplace we never thought they'd be. And so we want to be intentional about following Jesus, setting an example, and as much as possible in our home, 
helping our families to follow Jesus as well. In Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter, the 18th verse and following, we read these, this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus came and said, By the authority that I have in who I am, then I'm giving you, I'm commissioning you, I'm setting you apart, I'm calling you to do this, to make disciples, to make followers of Jesus Christ. And you, you will do that by going. In other words, sometimes they'll come to you, but most of the time you have to go to where they are. You'll do that by baptizing. That is, as a person has come to faith in Christ, uniting them with the life of the local church and and being a part of the family of God and by teaching them everything I've commanded you, communicating God's truth in a way that's understandable so that it can begin to transform their hearts, minds, and lives. And Jesus said, you won't do this alone. I will be with you. My abiding presence will be with you all the way through. There's the promise. There's the command based on the authority of Jesus himself. So let me shorten this down. We are to be disciples who make disciples. We are to be disciples who make disciples. As a matter of fact, making disciples is part of being a disciple. We are to be disciples who make disciples. And the question for some of you is, I, I hear you because you've said it three times, but what do I do? Where do I start? Is there anybody that can help me? And the answer is yes. Obviously, we as a church want to provide you with uh, meaningful worship experiences like this each Sunday. We want to provide you with opportunities to serve both here within the walls of Grace Fellowship and outside in the community. We want to provide you with, with, with solid, small groups where you can get in and, and not only learn God's Word, but develop relationships with one another. And we want to provide even foundational studies that go beyond that, like the, the one on uh, spiritual gifts that was recently done or you know, something on evangelism. In, in other words, in areas where you might need a little reinforcing, you might need a little help, we want to provide some, some short-term studies for that kind of thing as well. We want to do all that. But discipleship isn't something that is, that is tied to the confines of this building. In other words, don't think that the only way that I can grow as a disciple is by coming and listening to Jimmy or by coming to our small group or by coming to a foundational study or coming to a prayer group. Those things are all important. But what we want is for your home, where you live, to be ground zero for disciple making. We want your home to be the place that is central so that we as a church can come along and encourage and resource 
and teach. In other words, don't farm this out. This is your responsibility. Jesus calls you to follow him. Part of that means being a part of a church, but part of it means being a disciple in my home, being a disciple where I work, being a disciple where I go to school, being a disciple when I'm on the golf course, being a disciple when I'm out on the lake, being a disciple when I'm whatever it is, fill in the blank. Jesus calls us to be a disciple everywhere we are in every experience that we have. And so beginning next Sunday, we want to help you begin to make your home ground zero in discipleship. And so how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by breaking it down. And we literally, over the course of the next few weeks, the next 60 days, we want to show you how to pray. Now, some of you go, oh, man, that's old hat. I know how to pray. And some of you are sitting out there going, thank God somebody is going to help me pray. It's true. When you ask, when surveys are done, and Christians are asked, what, what would you like more in your life? You know the two things that are on the top? Praying and studying the Bible. And so what we want to do is we want to show you how you can pray. It is not the only way to pray, but we want to show you how you can pray. We want to show you how you can study God's Word yourself. We want to show you how you can serve others in Jesus' name. We want to show you how you can can share Jesus with other people. But we want to do more than that. We want to show you how you can lead your family to pray. Lead your family to study God's Word. Lead your family to serve others in Jesus' name. And lead your family to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? We want to go beyond that. We want to show you that you can be a disciple maker to others and you can show them how to pray, how to study God's word, how to serve others in Jesus' name, and how to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to help you be disciples who make disciples. Do any of you remember the old children's song, Deep and Wide? Okay, good. Here we go. Ready? Everybody ready? Hand motions and everything. Here we go. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And here's the deal. Teenagers went, I'm too cool for that. Adults are like, yeah, I know that one. Got that one memorized. Listen, when it comes to growing a church, too often we focus on the wide, okay? We're focusing on on out here. And we want to do that. We want to continue to grow as a church numerically. We want to reach new people, bring them into the life of the church. We We want to grow this way. But too often we neglect the deep we, we see that there are people in our church and we go oh those are some deep people those people know jesus they walk with jesus they we know they pray we know they study god's word it's really evident in their lives 
And sometimes we look at that and we feel a little bit intimidated because we're not where they are and we want to help. And so over the course of the next 60 days, if you'll stick with us, then we want to help you move. As a matter of fact, we're going to have some resources. Some we will put in your hand and others we will have online so you can access it anytime, anywhere in order to help you grow and to help your family grow and to help you help others to grow. What we want is for you to follow Jesus as closely as you can, for that relationship to, to deepen. Because here's what we know. If we have men and women and teenagers who are following closely behind Jesus, we won't have to worry about the wide. It'll happen. If you know Jesus, if you know the power of his resurrection, if you know the beauty of his presence, if you know the Jesus who gave his life on Calvary's cross for you, if you know him, if you really know him, then you can't help but share him with other people. Because your life has become reoriented. Your compass now points to Jesus. And the direction of your life is completely altered. So what I'm inviting you to do today is this. To commit yourself to intentionally follow Jesus. And let us do all we can to help you along that way. I've had the opportunity, the blessing, to stand on the pebbled shore of the Sea of Galilee. Perhaps in the very same spot where Jesus walked by and called Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Guys, come follow me. I've had a chance to, to walk through some of the places in Jerusalem and between, sometimes in little small places, smaller places like Capernaum. Places where Jesus' feet must have trod. As he called others, hey, come, come follow me. When Jesus was crucified and buried. Those who had accepted that call may have been confused for a little while. We completely reoriented our lives. We left everything behind in order to follow. And now, it's all over. But that wasn't the end of the story. And Jesus told him it wouldn't be. Because on the third day, the disciples went to the tomb and found it was empty. And more than an empty tomb, they found a risen Savior. And the invitation of Jesus to follow didn't stop when he ascended into heaven. He still speaks it today. He's still calling to some of you right now. Come, follow me. Attach your life to my life. Be willing to risk a total reorientation of your life 
Be willing to risk taking that step for me. Be willing to risk moving those things from your control into my control. And I want to extend that same invitation to you today. Not to follow me, but to follow Jesus. Some of you need to take that first step. For you, that means you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. To accept Him as Savior and Lord of your life. And you know you need to do that because God has already been speaking to you and calling you. Come, follow me. Some of you need to take that next step of faith. Perhaps you need to be baptized or perhaps you need to connect with the life of a local church like Grace Fellowship. If Jesus is leading you there, follow. For some of you, it's a recognition that Jesus really hadn't been Lord of much of your life at all. You've left so many things outside that circle. And and today God is calling you to follow by beginning to move your life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Taking the chance, taking the risk of following him. And maybe you just need to come and pray. You just need to come and say, God, whatever it is that I'm holding on to, I'm letting go of it today. And I'm trusting you with everything. This is a time of decision. An opportunity for you to respond to however the Lord is leading. We're going to sing a song in just a few moments. And if the Lord's leading you, then just take a step out into one of these aisles and and walk down if you just need to pray if you need to share something with me or one of our elders that's great but whatever you need to do this is a time this is a time of commitment a time of intentional decision let's pray lord god we do thank you that we do not follow simply a good teacher We do not follow a godly martyr. But we follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the resurrected Savior, the soon and coming King. And Lord God, we pray today that decisions you're laying on people's hearts Lord, that your spirit would so convict them of a need to change, a need to move from where they are to where you want them to be. Lord, that nothing would stand in the way. Would you quiet the whispers of Satan right now and speak loudly to hearts and minds and spirits, drawing men and women to yourself. Lord, let us hear clearly the call of your son, Jesus. Come. Follow me. And Lord, may we follow in the footsteps of one we know we can trust.